Oh, oh, yes, of course. Here we are. You mean man will find one of those someday? If man were meant to fly, he'd have been born with wings. I am about to prove otherwise, Archimedes, if you care to watch. Here she goes! No, 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 no! Man will fly all right. Just like a rock. It would have worked if it, if, if it weren't for this infernal beard. someday i tell you i have been there i have seen it and that amazingly memorable scene was from disney sword in the stone one of our absolute favorite films and pretty much i mean i don't i don't care who you are like you could be in like in the worst mood possible you watch that and suddenly Maybe your day's not so bad anymore. It's, it's, it's probably one of the most infectious laughs in cinema. What do you think, Steve? I would say so. Laughter does the body good. It does. It's good for the you soul. Know? Yeah, good for the soul, good for the mind. I believe if I had to uh, pick a specific 2D animated feature film from Disney, Sword in the Stone is probably my favorite. Yeah, it's up there. Definitely up there. Yeah. I mean, there are other ones that are very much, you know, within my top three kind of thing. But Sword in the Stone, definitely for me personally, I would say is is uh, probably be my favorite out of the bunch. It definitely makes you want to learn magic in order to do the dishes. It does. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> and it was cool because it had a lot of practical application. Obviously, you had this boy, Arthur, who uh, by all accounts was bit of a foster kid, really, kind of yeah. an orphan and, and uh, wasn't really respected or thought of highly by the uh, the caretakers that he had. And then Merlin came along mm-hmm. and began the very famous relationship with Arthur, teaching him life lessons uh, through the use of a uh, little magic. Magic does the body good, too. I always really <laughs> liked in that scene, too, like the, the, um, the voice actors are so good in that film. Right. Specifically with Merlin and Archimedes, the the, the just owl. it was like one of the few cartoons that you watch where like like first of all Merlin's character didn't take crap from anybody like he was respectful but at the same time like he had a short fuse like he didn't have a lot of time to deal with stupidity and like there was like there were times when he just lost his cool and he exploded and stuff <laughs> but the, but also there was just a lot of like that twinkle in the eye kind of uh, mentality that he had. And it was just great. And just in at the same time though, he wasn't perfect as that scene demonstrated where, where the, the plane gets caught up in his beard as he's winding it. And then it just totally fails when he's right. It a- well, I think we, ought, I ought to explain the scene. Sure. Go for so it. So basically Arthur is learning a few things. We all pre-scene there from Archimedes. He's learning to read. He's learning to write. 
And Merlin says, hey, I have this flying contraption. Have you all seen it? And they say, yeah, it's right above you. And he goes, oh, great. And he's twisting up the propeller because he's going to let it go and the thing is going to go flying. But the propeller gets caught in his beard. Yes. He's got his beard that's down to his kneecaps. <laughs> And so the beard gets caught in the propeller and he goes, oh, you know, basically says what he says. I'm going to, you know, watch this. And he runs towards the window with the plane in hand, beard wound up in, in, in the propeller. And he lets the thing go. And, of course, the beard makes the propeller not fly and um, goes straight down into the water. Straight down <laughs> to the water and breaks apart. And, of course, Archimedes, who's an owl and can fly and believes man will never fly. And can speak English. And can speak English. Uh, starts busting up laughing and uh, he always he always looking to put Merlin in his place. Yeah, they have a very amusing relationship. Right. Where they, they it's like a love-hate relationship. It's almost right. like an elderly couple or something or like two old buddies who've known each other since they were kids and now they're in their like 80s or something and they're just having a great time roasting each other, that sort of thing. <sighs> it's just it's such a great movie. Great movie. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And we have a spectacular show for you in episode 145 today on October 31st, 2019. We want to wish all of our fabulous listeners a happy Halloween. In fact, you know, I'm curious whether or not Halloween is celebrated internationally or not. I know in South America, right. they, they have... Dia de los Muertos. Thank Mu you very Mu much. Muertos. I, I said it really bad. No, no. But that's basically what it is. Yeah, well, it wasn't too bad. Day of the Dead. Um, but of course, the origins of that is not Halloween-based. That's actually a different custom altogether. But right. I, I, you know, for... But let me ask you this. Uh, do you, since your wife is originally from the Philippines, do you know if they celebrate Halloween in the Philippines? I don't believe they do. I don't think they do. But they do in Canada. Oh, they do? Yeah. So, okay. Well, there you go. It, it is uh, international, yes. so to speak. I'm curious if Europe has any kind of Did celebrating you say the Europe? No, I said I'm curious if Europe... <laughs> sound like you said the. Does it really? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to listen to the the recording afterwards. I, I don't believe I do. I, I I think in some parts they do. I think I think so. I mean, perhaps what, in Mary Outlanding. <laughs> what little chap doesn't like to get dressed up as a vampire? <laughs> Walk around town grabbing his crumpets. I mean, if you look around the UK. I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect backplate, really, for, for a lot of Halloween. You know, the cobblestones <laughs> are so bloody old, and all the buildings and architecture. I mean, Quasimodo or, or Frankenstein or someone's got to be lurking around the corner, eh? I want to dress up as Jack the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we need to look this up after the show, and just I'm just curious to know. You know, you should look up on your phone while we're talking right now. We should we should take a little look see. Okay. Of course, while he's doing that, what am um, I looking up? If they have Halloween everywhere? Yeah, just just yeah, Halloween is celebrated internationally, like in Europe and that sort of thing. We know it's here in the United States. You just said that you know that Canada also participates. I I just would like to know because. I tend to think that, uh, classically speaking, it tends to be more of a, an American. It's not, you know, it's not even a holiday. 
it's just like something that I've heard apparently like the, the candy companies actually put together the day for this and it just kind of exploded from there. So although it is derived from ancient festivals and religious rituals, Halloween is widely celebrated today in a number of countries around the globe Oh, and countries such as Ireland, Canada, the United States. That's all Google says. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just uh, take it for what it says. Anyway, we hope all of you are having a very fun, festive, sugar-filled, sh- yes, <laughs> diabetic-inducing. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not that far. But uh, yeah, we hope everybody's having a good time and staying safe this Halloween night. It's uh, it's definitely cold for us. Yes. Out of nowhere, I think that there is some sort of huge cold front that's coming from the north, and I think we're kind of on the little tail end of it here in Texas. Yep, 37 degrees. Here or Mm -hmm. 37 degrees? Mm -hmm. There there you have it. It's currently a balmy 37 degrees outside, and it's October. Fahrenheit. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, we actually went out and uh, had a fun little time taking my four-year-old out for her little pilgrimage of candy treats and adventures and stuff. And that was fun, even though we were all kind of, I don't know about you, my face was numb by the time I got back in the house. Yeah. Uh, my wife brought a little dog and the little dog started whimpering. I'm like, I'm cold. <laughs> look, look, look at me, I'm a chihuahua. I, 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 I don't belong in this cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have a trick-or-treat of a show for you today. Uh, Gaming news focuses on BlizzCon rumors, Luigi's Mansion 3, and Death Stranding. Movie news, which I know you're going to be excited about, Steve, features the new Witcher Netflix trailer. It's about time. Which I thought we could take a little look (laughs) and provide (laughs) our reactions to. (laughs) Our topic of the day is Call of Duty Modern Warfare gameplay impressions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in the episode's details section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. So, Steve? Russ, I haven't been doing much. I know that's what you're about to ask me. I know. I'd like to know. Your thoughts. Mm -hmm. I haven't hardly done a thing. Really? I've uh, actually... There was a couple of movies I didn't tell you about last week that I actually that I watched. A couple more, you yes. said? Yes. And then I have a story for you that has absolutely nothing to do with movies whatsoever. It's kind of gross, actually, but I know you'd be entertained by it. Mm-hmm. Because I know you'll be able to identify. But first, I watched Highwaymen. Highwaymen. Which... Not Highway Boys. No. Not Highway Women. No. Highwaymen. Correct. It's uh, Kevin Highway Con- Halfman? No. Oh. Yeah, Highway Halflings. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a Netflix only with uh, Kevin Costner. Oh. And uh, it's not bad. It's kind of slow. A lot of dialogue. Kevin Costner has a string of films that, for some reason, they just, they, they've been flying under the radar that I've never heard of. Right. It's just bizarre. And then all of a sudden, he'll be in one where it's like, oh, it's like huge and I'll right, go yeah. see it and stuff. But it's weird. It's like he's one of the few actors that, for some reason, it's like to me, he doesn't have to do that, but he just seems to enjoy being in those kind of um, fly under the radar type of films. Well, he, that and the song, the, the, the song and silent type, right? Mm. Strong and silent type, gun wielding martial law. The hesitant hero. <laughs> right. 
So anyway, uh, that was not bad. It was kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde story. Uh huh. So not bad there. And then uh, what else did I watch? I watched, okay, um, Captive State. Now, this was a movie I was wanting to see in the theater, and it was in the theater, and then it was out. And I thought, mm, that's probably a sign that it sucks. And then so I'll watch it. And so I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, let's see who's in it. It's the, it's the kid from um, uh, The Equalizer 2. Who's in it? I forgot his name. I'm bad at names. And then John Goodman's in it. Okay, I like myself some John Goodman with that. I'm not sure which kid you're talking about. John Goody. It was the kid who was doing the mural, the, the murals on the wall. And then um, kind of got involved in a little bit of gang work. You know, uh, you got to see the movie. Okay. Anyhow, um, it sucked. Hmm. It, uh, it, it felt very tense throughout the whole movie, like something was going to happen. And then absolutely nothing happened in the whole movie until literally the last five minutes of the movie. Oh. And so the whole time, like, I'm looking at Sarah. You want to keep watching? Something's going to happen, but we're 45 minutes in and then people are just talking like really serious. That's it. Anyhow. Not even a man boob. No. So uh, I'd probably pass on that one, Ross. Yeah, I I think I'll take you... Take your word for that one, Steve. So here's the story. About a lovely lady? No. Oh. But I know where you're going there. Sorry about that. That was my zipper. Apparently he feels compelled to <laughs> grind up on his <laughs> microphone. <laughs> that was my, yeah, that was my cricket legs. Anyhow, so the wife and I were getting a, a meal, right? Oh, a meal. And not, with, not a snack. No. And with the seasons changing, I had a little extra brain flowage, you know, out my ears. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a little bit like Shrek with him when it comes to my ears, like in the beginning of the movie when he picks his ear hair for a candle on the table. That's me. That's, that's right. Uh, wow. That's me. That's At least that's how I feel anyway. That's, um, that's an image, isn't it? It <laughs> is. You're not going to be able to get that one anyway. <laughs> okay. And this only happens to you during a season change. Yeah, kind of. Like when the air goes like from you know, really hot to really cold or See, from really cold to really hot. See, you should be a weatherman. You should just yeah, you know, you know, be in front of the green screen yeah. and people say, so it's a forecast. Like, Steve, you're like, oh, well, it looks like it's about to change about 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. He's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I should be in the circus. Anyway. <laughs> I know California's without power. Here, take a candle. <laughs> so we're waiting for our food we just went to get like a burger and i'm getting my drink i'm like i'm just trying not to pay attention to like the slow like you know uh creep of earwax coming out of my ear you could feel it i could feel like i'm like i'm trying not to pick it i just want to to get attention to myself and i'm like i can't handle it i can't handle it go to the bathroom i was trying there was a line to get a drink and i wanted to get my drink so I looked around and no one was priorities. Following. Yeah, <laughs> got and this so huge lump was, of something coming out of my in ear. Line, but and I'm I didn't want to get thirsty out. Thirsty at the same time. <laughs> what do I do? And so, anyhow, I looked around. No one was looking, so I I itched it real quick. <laughs> That's so gross. And so I'm like, ah, got it. And then all of a sudden, I was hearing an HD. I mean, I heard a, like a I heard a, a hiss, like a. Oh, God. 
And I'm like, what is that? And it turned out it was the it was the guy's soda behind me. He had taken the <laughs> lid off and I could hear the fizz behind me. He was like literally like like right behind you, his cup and was like slurping it by your ear. You're yeah. like, oh my oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not personal, Halloween yet. Don't scare me. Personal space. <laughs> yeah, no, he was on the table behind me. Anyway, I remember you said he had gone something similar. So I had. I was like, I have to tell Russ. HD audio. Yes. Right. Yeah, I can't remember. I think I'd probably mentioned it on the show a while back about how all of a sudden I just started losing my hearing. I really did think there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go deaf. I'm uh, goodbye audio. It's going to be... Uh, it's gonna be a sad tale. And then uh, I go to the doctor and they end up uh, using some kind of solution and put it in my ear and use some kind of little like mini vacuum cleaner. And I tell you, once the, the whole procedure was over with, I had pristine. I'm talking, I cannot believe how amazing the quality of audio. It was crazy. I was telling everybody to be quiet because everything was so loud that normally I wouldn't bat an eye at whatsoever. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably a healthy thing. Uh, to get that done every once in a while. There you go. That was my story. Hope you all were entertained. I I feel as though that was very uh, appropriate considering it's Halloween. Yeah. We we needed a gross story like that. (laughs) Right. What have you been up to? I have been playing uh, a couple of games. I've continued playing The Outer World, which you need to start playing. I've decided this because you don't really have any kind of game you're invested in at this point. Well, and it's on Game yeah. Pass, so you just download it. Yeah, maybe. I still yeah. have to. I still. Yeah. I told you I downloaded Metro Exodus, right? Yes. I haven't started that one. Well, the good news is, is that because it's Game Pass, you just download it, and then you'll get around to playing it. Okay. You don't want to have to wait for it because actually, it's a, you know, kind of a big size. Takes time. Download it and go to bed. Exactly. You want to be able to just start playing it when you feel like, as opposed mm. to, I feel like playing, I'm going to download it. <laughs> okay. I actually have to, so I, okay, so I'll play that one. I have to play Metro. I have to be God of War because I've only got like a half hour into it. And then I have to play Assassin's Creed mm. uh, Odyssey. <laughs> and uh, I think that's it. So that should get me uh, right past Christmas and maybe up to uh, Cyberpunk, hopefully. <laughs> I, uh, or Final uh, Fantasy VII, so. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? Yeah, there, there's quite a few games, like big games that are coming out in rapid succession. Like we have, of course, Death Stranding, which I think is coming out next week. That's all you, November, buddy. I think it's like November 7th or 8th or something like that, and I believe I pre-ordered it. That is. Didn't I pre-order it? All you. I'm not sure if I pre-ordered that game. You most likely did, Russ. I know I pre-ordered Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because you have nothing else to use your money for than pre-ordering games. I pre-ordered already Cyberpunk 2077. I did do that, yes. But I don't remember if I actually pre-ordered Death Stranding, simply because I was kind of on the fence with it, just based off the gameplay footage I saw. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get this. I need to check and see if I had actually put that on some kind of pre-order. Check your Amazon orders or something. Yeah. I beat Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which of course is what our topic of the day is today. And so that was actually, I really, just as a sneak peek, I really enjoyed the single player campaign. I thought it was um, just a blast to play. And we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. And um, of course, for our Twitch streaming night, which happens every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time, I enjoyed 
watching you play Resident Evil 2 Remake as well as The Evil Within 2, which was, I thought, very appropriate considering it's Halloween. And, you know, you were able to get through the, the, the final boss in Resident Evil 2, which was great, lickety-split. And then, uh, yeah, you just went, went right back in. I'm curious to hear some of your thoughts on The Evil Within 2 since it's been a while since you've played it. And it's been a while since I've even watched you play it, but we kind of fell right back into it after about, I don't know, five, ten minutes of play. Yeah, Evil Within 2 is like Silent Hill and Resident Evil combined. Yes. But I just wish it, it has... I, I just wish it had more of the Resident Evil ammo availability, but it has the Silent Hill ammo availability. So yes. you walk around like, okay, I have three bullets and there's 50 zombies. What do I do? Right. And, I, they're, and they're not uh, slow moving either. No, they run at you. It makes you wish also that you had, because uh, I, I know on Half-Life, you, it makes you use your resources, but you have like cybernetic weapons and stuff that you can use. Right. This, you don't. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little more difficult, unfortunately. Indeed. But are you enjoying it? Yeah. I kind of am and I'm kind of not. I mean, it. the acting is so bad. It's almost like comic relief. It is. Well, but which I mean, Silent Hill was kind of like that too. Like some of the, the old school survival horror games that you played back in like the PS1 days, there was kind of like the, the protagonist was talking to themselves, himself. Right. Whatever. Uh, and it was, it got kind of comical after a while because it was like they, they had to try and portray their inner monologue, but so they did so with the guy just kind of talking to himself out loud. I don't know. It's kind of a tradition uh, of sorts. Yeah. I, I, when Geralt does the same thing in the Witcher, although he kind of subdues it, oh, footprints, I gotta follow him. You know, <laughs> I see blood on the ground. It could be something serious. Well, and it's fun too, because then you start <laughs> hamming it up and, and sounding like him too, as you're playing. And right. that's always fun. You guys, you know, if you miss um, our streaming, you really should watch some of the videos before they expire on Twitch, just because there are moments like that, which actually I think are, are really funny personally, just being on the couch with you. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll pipe in every now and then too. Twitch wasn't being friendly, by the way, this last time. It really, really, really wanted us to play Gears of War 5. It did. And that issue is actually still there. I was able to halfway fix it. I went into our account and um, noticed that like there were several games that we had played that were not Gears 5. And we had actually changed the name before we started broadcasting. But for some reason, it's still recorded as Gears 5. Um, so hopefully that little issue gets fixed somehow, some way, because... It's rather misleading. Right. <laughs> Funny, I want to watch someone play Overwatch, but everybody on Twitch is playing Gears 5. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't look like Gears 5. What is that? So let's make our way back into gaming news. We have a few stories here that I wanted to get through here. The first one is that Luigi's Mansion 3 has been released. IGN's Ryan McCaffrey gave it an 8.3, saying that Luigi's Mansion 3 is so fun, charming, and smartly designed 
that he hopes that we can all get more than three of these every 20 years. I know for me, that is a game that I'm really wanting to pick up for the Nintendo Switch. That and Link's Awakening are two titles that perhaps I'll ask for for Christmas or something, but both have gotten really good reviews and uh, the visual appeal of it, as well as the gameplay mechanics, have me interested. I definitely want to check that out. The second story that we have is that the 2019 BlizzCon starts this weekend. There's a lot of rumors swirling around as to what it is they're going to be releasing and what they're going to be showcasing. I know that some of which is Overwatch 2. Now, ESPN reported from sources familiar with Blizzard's plans that the company will announce a sequel of sorts to Overwatch. Fans should expect something closer to the recent Fortnite Chapter 2, which is essentially a big new content update to the existing game. According to the reports, Overwatch 2 will include new game modes, maps, heroes, and a PvE mode. There will also be a new logo. Overwatch 2 is also reportedly heavily focused on story and narrative, one of the elements that many Overwatch fans feel is lacking in its current iteration. I happen to be one of those people. And right. I, think, I think you are too. Yeah, I am. Uh, so I'm curious to see how they're going to be implementing that in. Hopefully it's not going to be like uh, an afterthought or anything like that. Uh, there may be a new PvP mode called Push that will be revealed to go along with the existing modes like Assault, Control, Escort, and Hybrid. Uh, but it is unclear if Overwatch 2 will be a standalone release or some kind of paid update. So I guess we'll just have to find out once BlizzCon is underway. There you go. Another game that's been uh, heavily rumored is Diablo 4. If you recall, Steve, last year, BlizzCon was supposed to show off a Diablo title, but then it ended up being a mobile game. It was like a Diablo right. mobile game, and that did not go over well with all of the fans of Blizzard. Well, apparently there is evidence such as a leaked art book that <laughs> seems to indicate that the long-awaited Diablo sequel will finally be announced. Last year... I think that they were kind of going back and forth with it. Like, like they, it almost seemed as though they were going to kind of give a, a, a sneak peek of the, the official Diablo game and then pulled it back last minute because it wasn't ready yet. I might be wrong. I don't know. They're kind of mum on that whole thing, but I think they're, they're going to try and right some of those wrongs from last year because there was quite a bit of controversy surrounding oh, their yeah. BlizzCon. Yeah. I remember people getting up and being like, tell me this is an April Fool's Day joke. Yeah. And of course, there will probably be new World of Warcraft expansion news, uh, new content for Hearthstone, and more. So the, uh, the final story I have here is that Death Stranding review embargo ends November 1st. So at That's, the... Yeah. <laughs> at the time of this recording, we have less than three hours before the web is saturated with reviews of Hideo Kojima's passion project Death Stranding. And I, for one, am extremely curious as to how this is going to pan out because it could either be, Steve, a trick or a treat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if, they, if, if you were to read all the different reviews that come out and everybody's giving it like nines and tens, do you think you're going to pick the game up? No. You've just made up your mind. Like, you're not going to get it. I'm going to. Yeah. I don't trust the reviews. I'll, I'll come over 
and watch it at your place. Because there's sometimes there are reviews like, oh, this game's great. And I'm, I'm, to some folks it is. To me, sometimes it's not. So segueing over to movie news, we have a juicy little morsel that I'm looking forward to hearing your reaction to, Steve, which of course is the new Witcher Netflix trailer that dropped just today. So let's take a little look-see. I've heard tales of your kind, Witcher. You're a mutant. Created by magic. Roaming the continent. We don't want your kind here. Hunting monsters. For a price. I thought you'd have fangs or horns or something. I had them filed down. <laughs> People call you a monster too. Why not kill them? Because then I am what they say I am. All of our choices draw our destinies closer. If he is out there, there is still hope. They say witches can't feel human emotion. What do you believe in? Evil is evil. Lesser. Greater. Middling. It's all the same. Cesarilla is your destiny. I can't protect her. If you dismiss it, yes! you will unleash true calamity upon us all. I'll take that chance. What do you think? <clears throat> well, I'm definitely watching it. But I you know I'm I'm going to watch it with a cautious eye, Russ. It seems like they're they're starting in the beginning, which is good. I think there's a very very young Siri. Did you play the like the entire series of The Witcher or just Witcher 3? I have not I no. Um I have not played the entire series. I've been looking into the series. Actually, I've been watching people play the game on YouTube because oh, you I don't have the games. Um, I don't think they, I don't think Xbox One has the backwards compatibility. I heard actually uh, The Witcher, I don't know. Well, there was one of them that was actually really bad. Um, <laughs> the story was there, but the, the animation and the voice acting, everything was, was pretty bad. So anyhow, I'm, I watch a lot of people play it on YouTube. Anyway, it looks like they're starting it over from the beginning. And that's why maybe some of the other actresses look so young. I mean, I've played, of course, the third one quite a lot, and Siri is mm -hmm. grown up. So it looks like Siri is a younger girl here. Maybe it, you know, she can be passable since she's so young. 
Um, Yennefer, I don't know. I mean, Yennefer, I'd have to see her in the show. Yeah, Yennefer, to me, the, the jury's still out on that one. Yeah. But however, Henry Cavill, dude, I really do like him yeah. as Geralt of Rivia. Right, and they use some classic lines uh, of his in the, in the show, too. One thing that I'm going to be cautious about is I, I've started to follow some of the, the, the screenwriters of the show on, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Switch and they've been talking about how to introduce some politics into the show. And so I hope they don't. I hope it's just like the politics of the time. Wait, they, are they trying to fuse the politics of our world yes. into The Witcher? Yes. Yeah, so that would be bad. That's I'm, I'm going to watch it with a cautious eye. Yes, the trailer looks very, very good. And it's right up my alley. And I'm looking forward to it. And we're getting close. But it's going to watch it a little cautiously. I think... As long as they take kind of a Game of Thrones approach, because Game of Thrones is all about having different types of politics and, you know, you have the different houses vying for power and position and that sort of thing. And I think that The Witcher, especially after playing The Witcher 3, there were elements of that where you had different kingdoms and different factions at war with each other and that sort of thing. And then, you know, of course, The Witcher was kind of plunged in kind of the middle of it, but he was a neutral character. He didn't have any kind of allegiance toward one kingdom or another. I think he had allies right. um, in the various kingdoms, but he, he moved in and out as he pleased. So hopefully they'll stick to something like that. I want to see Triss in there though, Russ. I do I, too. I, I want to see Triss. I do Is that the call of duty? No, it's the topic of the day! Topic of the day is indeed Call of Duty Modern Warfare game impressions. We have been playing the game over the past week. Of course, it was launched last week, and I believe it has made over $600 million already. I think it was over the, the, the first weekend. So, of course, as all Call of Duties tend to do, they are a smash success for the company so congratulations to infinity ward as well as all the other studios uh, i believe it was high moon studios raven studios oh there's one other one in there that i'm, I'm missing uh but there were i think four studios total that had a hand in this thing so congratulations to everybody involved with that steve <laughs> yeah I know that you are still making your way through the game. Right. I have beaten the single player campaign. Yes, you have. What do you think of it so far? Well, I like it. Um, I, one one criticism that's blaringly obvious though, Russ, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to get out of the way right now. Are you going to murmur it? Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> the animation with the cutscenes, somehow, some reason, some way, why do they have to make it slightly choppy they can't just make it fluid and smooth you know like you watch certain like facial features of a person and like man that looks great 
<laughs> and then you'll see like helicopters and the, and the screen panning from like the sky or the camera panning from the sky down and it gets all choppy, like less than 24 frames a second. I didn't notice that at all. I, while I was, was playing noticing it. that. And I remembered it did the same exact thing with Call of Duty World War II. Really? Or World War One, whatever. World World War Two. Yes, it exactly. I remember saying that on the show. I'm like, man, sometimes the cutscenes are a little choppy. I don't know if it's just because I'm on the regular Xbox One and not the One uh, X. But now I'm playing it on your One X, and it's doing the same thing. I didn't have that experience when I was mm. playing through it. So that's, that's interesting. I have a critical eye. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the game doesn't like you. <laughs> maybe. But uh, the game is really in your face with the story. I'm glad they brought back the story. Oh, man. I'm just I'm, being real. I'm thrilled that Captain Price is back. Yeah. I, I don't know if you... Have you been introduced to Captain Price yet in the game? Captain... Ah, uh, yes. Okay. He's the, the, the British SAS agent. The uh, dude with the oh, yeah. hefty... Yeah. Actually, I was going to tell you, he... The voice actor for him, mm -hmm. uh, I haven't looked up here. He's actually that character... Uh, or was a character anyway in Longmire. Oh, yeah, he is a actor. Oh, I saw. I just oh uh, Barry Sloan, Sloney Sloan. Okay, right. He. Uh, so yeah, they got some top right people. You know who else is in it? Mm. Uh, this. Uh, what's his face? He was Asher from Spartacus, and he's also in. Um, of course, I reload the page I just had, and it goes away. <laughs> anyway, and he also plays. Uh, what was like? What was the character's name in? Um, Sesame Street? No, it was the greatest disappointment of 2019. What? Um, with the with the mechs, the suits, flying around, shooting Anthem. stuff. Anthem. He was the the operator of the big walking thing. Was he the 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 guy who um, double crossed us? Who no. betrayed us? He was he was a good guy. You kind of spar with him a little bit, and remember he cr remember. he crashed the the walker into. The main baddie at the end. Oh, yes. Gotcha. That guy. Same voice actor. Really? Yes. Ooh, very nice indeed. Yeah, I was um, I was not a fan of some of the Call of Duties that came out over the last couple of years. And uh, so I'm really glad that they have returned to true form with this particular version. I, You know, the funny thing, one of the, the critical things I have to say is uh, the title itself, they already have a Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and I'm just really surprised that they just couldn't come up with another name. Nick Terraby. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. And I actually was a fan of the single-player campaign to Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And, of course, that game had quite a bit of controversy surrounding it just because, by and large, apparently, like, the hardcore Call of Duty fans they weren't really enamored with the futuristic vision that they had for the game. And I think that had more to do with the multiplayer component, not necessarily the single player campaign. I personally love the story of infinite warfare. I think it was, it was just a, a really engaging, immersive story. I love the characters that they had in there. You know, they, they had a big departure from kind of the tried and true characters like captain price but, you know, coming in from that point on to this one, to this particular Modern Warfare, I really enjoyed it. I think I, I thought the story was great. I think it's cool to be back in present day. I think that there is a lot that people can have fun with when creating a game in present day, especially this type of game. You know, like the Tom Clancy games or the Call of Duty games, that sort of thing. You have such 
fascinating geopolitics that go on where like all the countries these days, they, they really have a symbiotic relationship where if something, some kind of turbulence or turmoil or whatever it is, is going on in one country, it kind of, to a certain extent affects the other countries. Kind of has a ripple effect. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, it, to me, it's just ripe from a creative sandbox standpoint where you, you can come up with a fictional story and you're like, oh, well, what if this happened and this, 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 you know, had this type of uh, aftershock and, you know, all this other stuff. And so I, I'm looking forward to seeing you beat the game because I want to hear what you think of uh, the story in its entirety. And I will refrain for your sake as well as the listeners out there because the game is still very new. I don't want to give away any spoilers. I think I missed something in the early part of the game. I was hoping there was going to be like a, like where you duck behind a wall and you can kind of, um, Lean over real quick to shoot. Maybe I'm just used to that in gears, but um, I'll, I, mean, I think I missed that in the beginning because I, <laughs> I was trying to do that throughout the entire campaign. Well, well you, you hold down, like if you go by like close to a corner or like even if you're like behind something and you want to just put your gun up, you hold down the left trigger and then you'll see the right stick um, icon up here. You, you click that and then it'll mount the weapon like either or on the corner or up just above and it allows you to, to get off some shots without getting hit. That's what I missed was the left trigger. Cause all I saw was right button. I'm like, okay, right button. It's like <laughs> throw a grenade bouncing a ricochet off of the wall and then I'm dead. Yes. So that wasn't working for me. I will have, you know, I beat the single player campaign on hardened difficulty. Hmm. One step up from the normal man. So my hero, not too bad. I am your own personal GI Joe. <laughs> Anyway, the the graphics, I know, again, you haven't gone through the entire game yet, but I, for one, am very impressed with the, the in-game graphics in terms of, and of course, Call of Duty has always been a pretty game. Just every iteration of it, you look at it, you're like, yeah, it looks, it looks <laughs> really nice. Yeah. I like how they don't have any, um, like, this heavy music going on. It's just mm -hmm. literally like you're paying attention to the atmosphere a yeah. little bit, like that, that uh, when you're in... Uh, what was it, Kazakhstan? Sure. Something like that. I something, something, I'm sorry. And you hear that announcer telling people what yeah. you better look out of and you're trying to be quiet and just be a civilian harmless, you know, but it's not intense music. It's just you're paying attention to what's going on. You know, the threat's there. They've paced it really nicely in that regard where it feels more realistic to not have music constantly playing. But then when the scene calls for it, right. then, then all of a sudden you have some... Uh, you know, white knuckle music that's going on. It really gets your blood pumping and stuff. And so you're going to find actually that there are several scenes. Like there's one in particular where I will say um, you will play a character back when they were younger. I'll leave it at that. And uh, that was probably one of the more intense levels of the game. Um, really, really cool. Um, a little disturbing, but really cool. And, I think that's one of the big things too about the game is that you can see how, how infinity ward was kind of flirting around with different types of what well, we can call them lines in the sand where like, you know, you have something that is controversial or provocative, that sort of thing. They kind of flirt with those lines, but they don't really actually cross them. And I would even say they, they actually don't even like step on them. They get kind of close to them and then kind of back off again. And, whether that's, you know, exploring different types of 
um, scenarios or ideas of like, you know, if someone is, is being tortured in a way that is, um, goes against the Geneva convention, or if you have certain types of life or death situations that force you to have to make some kind of choice that really has gravity to the situation that's going to stick with you for the rest of the game. They don't really do that. They, they start to go in that direction, but they don't ultimately explore that. I do wish that perhaps they did do those things a bit just because it would make you squirm in the, the chair and cause you to really think like, man, how, how would I decide, you know, whether I was going to do a or B. So we will just have to see if they, if they do uh, cross that in the future <laughs> title, I suppose. Uh, but the one other thing too, that I think is really worth mentioning is that the lighting has really taken a leap forward. Wouldn't you say? I would definitely say so. And you can tell that in the first level. Yeah. The moonlight kind of bleeding through the trees and the leaves. And yeah, I know it's, it's definitely cool. Maybe want to turn the lights off <laughs> just to play kind of play in the dark. There's levels um, later on. And this is really not a spoiler, but like um, you use night vision and the quality of the night vision, man, it, it looks like zero dark 30. It looks <laughs> like that scene where they're infiltrating a compound. You're like, what the heck? Um, so that, that's pretty crazy. It makes me excited, honestly, for the next gen of consoles because they're going to have real-time ray tracing, which we don't have in current games. And ray tracing itself is, man, it is going to make the games look so gorgeous, especially if they're able to do it in real time. Because right now, the, the hero character that you play is the only real asset that gets lit in real time. Everything else, a lot of times the lighting is baked or they'll have a kind of a more of a, a cheaper way to kind of light certain things that perhaps are in real time lighting, but it's not ray tracing. Ray tracing is where it's at. And with a game like this, especially with how realistic everything looks, it's going to make it even more realistic when they're able to, to push that. So really, really cool. How far in the game would you say you are? Are you about like a quarter of the way through? Or I would say halfway through? Yeah, no, I would say about I'm, I'm a good quarter. I'm a good quarter. I'm a shiny quarter in. Mm-hmm. Made in... Uh, 1999. Indeed. Yeah. Hasn't got too much scuff on it, but just enough to give it some personality, you know? I haven't had a chance to actually try out the, the multiplayer <laughs> side of things. Typically, I suck at Call of Duty multiplayer. Yeah. I tend to try and avoid it because I'm just, I'm no good at all. And there are players who are amazing at it. Having said that, I might give this one a shot, though. Hmm. Pun intended. The weapons are drawn very well. I will say that. They are. I was looking at the 1911 and the M19. I'm like, man, those look really good. I mean, those, I might have to go look at those in person. <laughs> What's crazy is I've actually talked to um, a guy on the, the weapons team who, I, I had no idea about this. Apparently, the Call of Duty teams have to be very careful about how they model guns simply because if they don't have the license for certain firearms from these different companies and stuff, apparently these gun companies and manufacturers are very sue happy. Like they will totally go after them. And so I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't know if they have certain licenses from actual gun manufacturers to be able to replicate those in the game, or if they have to change a certain amount of, the, the visual aesthetics in order for it to look like, you know, oh, I mean, it kind of sort of reminds you of this gun, but it, you know, it's actually more of a fictional piece. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I don't know what kind of gun companies will make AK-47s or there's just one, you know? Yeah. 
whole thing is just, yeah, it's just very different. Very different indeed, Steve. Anyway, moving on. Indeed. So you have him playing as Alex. Right. Who's the, I guess he's a CIA operative or something like that. Right. Um, but have you, I guess you played a little bit, I can't remember the character's name, but there's this character who is from the UK. He's part of Captain Price's team. Have you played with him yet? In the beginning, yes. Okay, you'll return to him. Um, and of course, there'll be some other stuff too. It's funny because I find myself all of a sudden tiptoeing. I was going to talk much more about the game, but like I said, the game is so new, I just don't want to give away a bunch of spoilers. I do appreciate the length of the story. I know that there have been a couple of Call of Duties in the past where I felt it was too short. I got through it and I was like, wow, that's it. I got through it in like a day. <laughs> um, granted, this game I got through, eh, you know, about three days. But that's with some pretty focused playing, you know, right. I was putting in quite a few hours and that sort of thing. And so, and I know that multiplayer is kind of more their bread and butter, but I am thankful that they've maintained that single player story campaign because that's what I love. I love being told a great story and I love these types of, like I said, more of like the Tom Clancy quote unquote style stories where it's, it's dealing with governments and espionage and uh you know thwarting some kind of nuclear attack that sort of thing yeah i would i I mean right now i'm definitely putting battlefield down and going back to call of duty because battlefield was kind of like go-to like bad company uh just mainly because of the story and the sound effects they were really good and i haven't they haven't made a bad company in a while it's just been the continual battlefields but they're so short i mean they are so short (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if you spent 60 bucks on it and you weren't really into the multiplayer, you'd be wasting a ton of money because you can finish that one in probably an afternoon. Yeah. And that's it. So I remember the last Call of Duty I played, which was not the previous Battle Royale Call of Duty, but that that campaign took me quite a while to beat. And it was definitely rewarding. And it yeah. looks like this is going to go the same way. That's I like that. Well, and I also appreciate the realism of this game, not just what, what, like what we were talking about with the graphics fidelity, but also too like just the the, t- the different types of scenarios that you find yourself in as a player, as well as kind of the the landscape of what's happening. It just it feels real. There's nothing that's sensational about it, right? And there there does seem to be as you play the game um, more of a distinct sense of responsibility. You know, there are certain times where. Uh, like I was talking to our good old friend Brad, who actually has not beaten the game yet either. He's what? he's a bit farther along. I think ah. he's about you know 80 percent hey, through the game. Gotta get going. But he was describing a certain scene, um, and he made a decision um, to go one way, and um, I ended up. You know, he asked me if I did the same thing. I said no, actually, I didn't because I w- I wanted to get more information out of the person, and I wanted to see um, just oh. what I could do. I see what happened there. And, um, you know, the, the outcome ended up being the same. Um, but it, I mean, so they, they like I said, they kind of have this little room to play with like, you know, you can kind of sort of make little decisions or like if there are massive um, story points or story beats where like you can actually choose like how the character you're controlling will respond to something that's happening. But I've, been told that the same end result occurs. It's not like, oh, here's this like exclusive story arc that you're suddenly on. And I feel like that would be a really great addition to a future Call of Duty title 
where they expand upon that particular gameplay element and say, look, we're going to have a really cool replayability here by having different types of forks in the story, so to speak, that the players can choose. And then they can replay the game and then choose the other decisions and just see how things pan out. Maybe there are certain levels that are exclusive to the choices you make. I think there's just a lot there. Well, there you go. There you go, Ross. Here I go. <laughs> Here I go again. What is that? I don't know. That was that was a classic rock for you. Oh. I think that was uh, John Bon Jovi. Uh, uh, <laughs> I see. Did you have any concluding thoughts about your um, uh, gameplay experience of Call of Duty Modern Warfare? The concluding so thoughts I have are play it, lights off, volume up. Oh, I approve of your assessment, Stephen. Thank you. Yeah, for me, in conclusion, I think that if, especially, you know, if you're a first-person shooter fan, if you're a Call of Duty fan, this has been um, a victory for Infinity Ward as well as the other developers involved. I think that it is a just a solid return to what makes Call of Duty Call of Duty. And what's really cool is, is I think there is plenty of room to be able, like I, like I said, to expand in future iterations of the title. And I hope that they actually do something that perhaps can be a continuation because oftentimes what we've seen in call of duty is that they don't really have like a, like a cliffhanger. You know what I mean? At the end of the game, it's kind of like, Oh, this story has come to an end and enjoy multiplayer. And then <laughs> when the sequel comes out, then it's like, you'll have the characters make a return, but there's no, bridging of the games if that makes any sense like right. like in movies you have sequels and like the story just kind of the narrative continues where it left off that sort of thing i think in a game like this it would be really neat to do that and i think um to a certain extent when i think of an older title like um for the xbox 360 there was the ghost recon advanced warfighter or graw uh graw and graw 2 are a couple of my favorite games ever. Um, and they did a really nice job of not only maintaining the characters because the main character's name was Mitchell, Captain Mitchell, but also there was this kind of continuation of the narrative that flowed into both games. Maybe not like a hundred percent of the way through, but like there was some of that. And I, and I found myself kind of latching on to that. And I think that call of duty, especially with what they've done with this title. Oh man, it's like ripe. <laughs> it's ripe for the picking <laughs> to be able to do something like that. So that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week when we recap BlizzCon 2019. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll not only get exclusive perks and early access to the show, but you'll also help us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Happy Halloween, everybody.